Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 through 23. Proverbs is a good book for how to do life in the practical. He says, listen, my son, accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. And when you run, you won't stumble. Hold on to instruction. Don't let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil doers. Avoid it. Do not even travel on it. Turn from it and go your way. Everybody say your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. He's talking about the evildoers here. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them even stumble, but yet they also cause you to stumble because they're poisoned by the sin. I'm adding that part. Verse 20, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear. Everybody say, turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, your heart, your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, above all else, everybody say together, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything. The title of my sermon is a question for you today. What are you guarding? It's springtime and the leaves are blooming, but how many know what the leaves do in the fall? They come down in your yard, right? And my dad hates me because he says that my leaves blow all up in his, his yard. And I say, dad, what about the, the what a, I'm going to tease you for a minute. What about the state park on the other side of the fence that has the other 100 trees and they're shedding too? How do you know they're my leaves, dad? We live next door to each other. So he gets out the blower and he's blowing the leaves and doing the lawnmower emulsion and all this. And I'm too lazy. I wait till like it's the absolute latest part of the season. And I get Joe, our long guy out there, and he, he takes care of it, what's left. But we have these things on our house. Well, everybody has gutters, but we have gutter guards. Do you know what those are? See, the gutter is meant to allow certain things through it, but not everything, And the job of the guard is to stand witness to the intrusion of the things that are not permitted to flow through the gutter, right? You didn't know a gutter could sound so spiritual, did you? You didn't know a gutter could be so militant for the kingdom. That's how good God's word is. He'll take something as simple as a gutter guard on your roof, and he's going to touch you today with this word. Amen? So we got these gutter guards. And what happens when those leaves fall in the fall time, they don't get in the gutters and clog that thing. Because if they get in your gutters, what you doing? You're calling the gutter people to unclog those gutters because no longer can it flow for what it was intended. It's stopped up. It's like a garbage disposal. It gets stopped up. So we have gutter guards and 
these kind of guards are actually meant to keep bad things out. But I would challenge you to say that we are gutter guards of our heart and maybe we're in the habit of keeping bad things in. Oh, that's good. I'm going to confuse you all today. I make you think like, like, like you're used to per- God protect me, but, but maybe we're standing at the gate with the, with the guard gate just sitting open and, and the things that want to come out that should come out, we're not, we don't want to let out. We're protecting the wrong thing maybe. Gutters are a good thing when it comes to our homes. By the way, that same house when we built it, had no gutters the night they poured the driveway. And guess what it did? It rained. Y'all know what happens to fresh concrete when it rains and you don't have gutters. New driveway, four years later. It was all rutted up with rain tracks. So good. That was just a side note. But gutters let things in that need to get through, like water. And to get out in those gutter guards, we, we put them in to prevent the junk. We put them, excuse me, we put them on to prevent the junk from getting in that are going to clog that water from moving. It's a two-way system. Stuff's got to stay out and stuff's got to come in. If the gutters didn't allow anything in, that wouldn't work. But if they allowed everything in, that wouldn't work. You with me? Y'all getting this? You didn't know you're going to learn about gutters so much today. You're going to leave here and be googling some guards, guards for your guards, guards, guards for your gutters. But when we think about the word gutter in our life, it doesn't feel so positive, right? We definitely don't think of the ones on our roof. I don't. We think of low points, the pit, the problem, the pain point. We don't want to face. And so many times God is wanting us to let that junk escape our lives, but here we are protecting the garbage inside. Like it's a good thing, but it's really toxic. We protect it because letting it go, this is good now, write this down in your minds here. Letting it go would imply you have to change. And that's not easy to do, especially when we don't know what the change will bring. So we have trained ourselves to protect that which is toxic in our hearts through our guarding of the gutter by thinking it's gonna hurt us to let it go when that's exactly what we're supposed to do is get it out. How many can honestly admit that sometimes it's easier to stay in the gutter and be familiar than to let go of the habits that are holding us back because that invites an opportunity for change and we don't know what that looks like. It lends to us having to adapt and be flexible to a better way. Does anybody know stubborn people? You know that person that always complains and says the same thing and they don't even know it, but you always know it, so you avoid them when they come in? Not at church. Church people would never do that. You know, you can be, you can be blind to the things in your, in your gutter that you're, you're keeping trapped in there. But something's not flowing right. The passage mentions what is valuable to keep and what is toxic that should be kept out. And he's talking about your heart, and so am I. What are you guarding today? What are you guarding In order to know what to let in and to what to get out, we have to recognize what is toxic. 
Toxic is poisonous. You know, we, we avoid germs like the plague, but what do you think spiritual battles are? They're spiritual germs getting in your heart, and we don't even think about using any hand sanitizer in the spirit. We just go to the TV and watch it anyway. We just listen to that anyway, because we're strong, we think. We think we're strong, so does Colton, with his boot on his heel, because he thought he was strong. And Camilla probably thinks she's strong, and she is strong when she's ninja kicking me because she don't want to go in her bed yet. She likes to swing. We have to recognize at the entrance of the heart what we're guarding. Is it toxic or is it fruitful to my life? And it's hard to recognize if we don't listen. The first thing he says is listen. Listen to this. What are we listening to? What are we choosing to listen to and let in? You know the the, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and what you speak is what you've heard. That's the same way that God did it on the day of Pentecost. That's the same way God taught you to speak when you came out of your mother's womb, because you heard it first. A deaf person can't speak it right because they don't hear it right. And so what you listen to is what's going to come out of you. Y'all getting this? It's not that we don't want to change. It's that we don't even pay attention to what we're listening to. Man, there's some junk we used to watch on TV. I won't say what I used to watch. Thinking, I'm fine. And then other things would pop up in my mind later. And I realized, I'm not fine. I'll tell you what I used to love to watch. Uh, What was the mystery show we used to watch? The crime? Dateline. Dateline. Next time on Dateline. Do you guys remember that creepy guy's voice? Does anybody remember Dateline? What's network TV? We only stream YouTube. We would watch Dateline, and it was like murder mysteries that were true, and it was so intriguing until I started getting, like, nightmares. And I started getting negative thoughts, and I said, all right, I'm not saying it's a sin to watch Dateline. I'm saying if it impacts your next day, maybe you shouldn't watch Dateline. So I had to get rid of that thing because I was starting to become a depressed person because I was binge-watching Dateline. I would never say things like Teen Mom could poison you. I would never say that. Or Teen Mom 2. Or all those shows, like, like the Kardashians. Let me just tell you, I love y'all people. Everybody needs Jesus, but that's trash, okay? And when you consume trash, guess what comes out of your heart? Garbage. And then what do we do? We want to keep it in. We think we're doing the, the things that God wants us to. God, why don't you answer our prayers? But we don't want to let go of the trash. We're standing guard at the gate, protecting the junk, we had a trash can Friday that got forgot to get empty with some food in it. And that's my bad. I threw some Subway in there. And the first thing I thought of Saturday morning is I don't want no mice getting that trash because it grows and it festers. You got to empty that thing out and keep it clean so it can operate according to how it was intended. Sorry, I got preaching there. I got off track. Oh, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. But see, what I'm saying is like we don't even know we're doing this. Some of us go right out of church, right into back into the thing. We don't even know we're doing it. Maybe it's what we, we saw, we learned, we learned by observation. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they shall not stray, or they will stray if they're taught not God's way. You see what I'm saying? Like, we can learn this stuff and be trained to protect junk because that's what mom and dad did. 
Can I get a witness, somebody? Y'all awake in here? Come on. I pray that silence is pondering deep thought. What happens is that habit becomes normal and traditional, and we become protective. We become defensive of it. Oh, my Lord. I've seen this in the church when I was a kid. I've seen this in my own family in the church. When we go far enough away from certain things, eventually we become defensive of the thing we used to be good with. We change. See, see, this will change you over time when you just avoid long enough. When you avoid God's word long enough, you will think everything is okay. Eventually, what, 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 you, were, what you felt convicted by no longer is a, is a problem. And then eventually, now if you say that's a problem, you're the problem. Are you getting this? You guys know kind of world we're living in? Everything's upside down. Sin is okay, and living for Jesus is weird and wrong. Like, it's backwards. And so we're retraining the young people that, that it's cool to live holy and that it's cool to live for God and put him first because all those other young people want to do the same. They're waiting for one person to step up and be a leader and show them different because they really want it for themselves. But they're trained to follow we live in a following world, and so we've been trained to protect the junk because everybody follows the next person, and everybody watches those shows, and everybody listens to that music, and I'm preaching to myself, somebody, because I've been listening to all that junk most of my life, and I know the damage it does, and I watch that stuff too, and yeah, my friend showed me that on the computer too when I was 15 and shouldn't have, and I didn't know it was going to wreck me for the rest of my, my 20s because it planted such poison in my mind. Any men, any young men in here know what I'm saying? It's a real thing. It's a real thing. So, so what are we guarding? When it becomes normal to you to protect the trash and reject the good, that's a problem. That is not God's will. He is speaking in Proverbs. Listen, accept, I will instruct you. Guard it well because that is the way to your life. If you don't guard it, your life is impacted so how do we do that? How do we do that? I've heard some amazing word preached on Sundays and forgotten it all on Monday. Why is that? Because I'm not applying nothing. I'm getting a high of Jesus on Sunday, but I don't really want to change anything in here. That's my, that's my pacifier to my own conviction. Who he says conviction, sin. I think he mentioned the devil in this church. What are they preaching over there? The Bible. You have to apply God's word in your life. The preacher can't apply it for you. The preacher gives you the word, preaches it in the soil, and it's for someone else to water that thing so it grows. That's why we have small groups, and that's why we have events, and that's why we have opportunities for community, because you got to water God's word. And it's up to you to do it. It's not up to somebody else to do it. We, we, we talk all the time to a lot of new people. They say, how do I start? They say, I always say, do you pray at dinner? Well, no. Okay, start there. Thank God for your food. As simple as that. Show your kids you're thankful. Guess what? You get a double blessing when you thank God for your food because you're teaching your children. That's unconditional. They're learning something because you're, you're doing something for God, and you'll feel good too because you're actually giving thanks. Oh, I got a sermon coming just on being grateful. It's ugly out there. We are so quick to complain, but what about the, the breath we have to live? We got up in the morning. Mike said it Friday. He says, I got air to breathe. I am a happy man. 
I only had one cup of coffee today. <laughs> Thank God for that. I'd be in the bathroom. I, that's why I don't do it, because too much. Application is critically essential. When I leave Sunday, if I got to listen to this word again Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, until it's in my DNA as I'm walking through life, that's what I got to do. Guess what? The next time it'll be easier. And the next time it'll be easier because you're reversing the process of what you're protecting. You're slowly tilling out the junk of the gutter and you're getting the leaves out and you're letting the water come in. God's living water. It's really good. And you'll start feeling better. It's like eating healthy. You start feeling better when you get the junk out. But what do we do? We eat the fast food anyway. Guilty. Every time I do it, I'm like, why? Why did I do it again? It tastes good going in. But it feels horrible the rest of the journey. <laughs> the healthy stuff is hard to ingest. But it feels good the rest of the journey. Nate can preach to that. So good. Do we really want to apply the word or just carry it around in our digital Bibles? Oh, that's good. I should use that. Oh, I just did. You can just carry God's word all day and do nothing with it. Who said God's your babysitter? Who said that? By the way, look at our new hoodie. You like that? God didn't make them. We did. God didn't send these from heaven. God says, you step by step, go do something for me. So we're making hoodies. Chloe, show them your, show them your hoodie. Look at the back. You step, I step, says the Lord. It says God on the back. Because that's something we preach for so long because it is fundamental to walk in this walk. It means, it means God is waiting for you to actively take a step into faithfulness. And that's the application part I'm talking about. It's everything. Jesus spoke of be hearers and doers and, and not just hearers because if you only hear and don't ingest and accept, which means consume here in the Proverbs, make do in your heart, you will do nothing with it. The seed will not germinate. So that's why we have to apply the word every day. Get a devotional going. Do the version Bible app. We've got one seed devotionals in there that we wrote. We got those in there to bless you. Application exposes how much greater we need God than we even knew. We didn't even realize how damaged and clogged those gutters were until we opened up that thing and looked inside. You know? You know like when you work out, you don't know how out of shape you are until you work out? And they're like, oh, Lord Jesus, I am bad. I am broken, sore, out of shape. See, the application of God's word is like a mirror that will expose what's in the gutter, what's in your, in your chamber that you're keeping, and then you'll see, man, I got a lot more. I need to get out of here. It's way worse than I thought. And thank God for Jesus that I can, I, can, I can lean on him, like we said, lean back Friday in the song. I can lean on him to clean this thing out. And it's my job to guard what else I let back in. we got to turn, he says, in verse 20, 21. He says, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them go out of your sight. Keep them, my words, within your heart. Let them in. You know you can't hold too much Jesus when you got too much else in there that needs a spring cleaning. you got to clean that thing out. 
or the water can't flow. You got to clean the gutters out or the water can't flow. And you got to let go of the things you think are okay. When God says, that's not my way, I want to get that out of there so I can give you me and fill you up. What are you guarding today in here? Is it helping you or is it hurting you? Is it the reason maybe the prayers feel like they're never answered? God's saying, I answered your prayer, but you have to do what I suggest with my word and and put some prayers, uh, legs on those prayers they used to say in the old school church. I I heard a pastor once say, On Easter Sunday, 500 people are going to show up. And I said, what have you guys, there was like 50 people at the time, okay? I said, what what are you you doing to make that happen? Well, we're just believing for it. Last time I checked, the Bible didn't write itself. How do you think those words got on the paper? Men, women being used by the kingdom. God works through men. So I'm, I just kind of keep preaching this, that application is everything. The church don't grow itself. It's the application of the people being vessels by the king. That's good, somebody. Can I get one clap to know that you're alive and you're hearing this word? Y'all seen the uh, really nice neighborhoods or the apartment complexes with the gates that are always broken? So they got the gate. And what is it, Nolani? It's always open, right? Like, why do they have the code thing? It's always sitting open. Isn't that funny? They spent all that money to put in that pretty old gate, and it's never shut. It's never protecting nothing. It's an open highway for everything to come in, including the devil. You know? What do we do? We got a gate on our neighborhood, and we got ring cameras, says the guy who broke right in my car the other day. I got, I got eight cameras. I got, how many, we got 10 cameras on our house? He still went in my car and I didn't catch it. You see, see, we can have the stuff, but if we ain't using the tools, we're saying, come on in, devil. Come on in my heart. Plant that seed. We'll just leave the door open for you. In fact, you want another code? Okay, here it is. It's one, two, three, four. We like that one, devil. I wanted to make it nice and easy for you so you could figure it out on your own in case I shut that thing once in a while. God wants you to secure this thing. And the only way you can really secure it is when he's the one guarding your heart. He's the only one standing at the gate. You got to shut the gate and keep the junk out and let the good thing in. And God is the gatekeeper of your life. God will guard you if you let him. We got to quit protecting the things that God needs to get out. So Jesus, I need you to guard me because sometimes I don't know even what to guard against. That's okay. If you knew everything without him, why would you need him? We need to lean on him. We need to recognize him. We need to realize that God has to stand guard with us or we'll make the wrong decision. I can be standing there all day with the gate wide open. This is good. This is the Seal the deal here. Verse 22, he says, for they are life for those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, everybody say it together. Above all else, all else, guard your heart. Above all else, we're gonna say it three times. Guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart heart. If I'm going to protect something, it's going to be my heart. 
That's where Jesus has to be to guard. If Jesus is at, you know, he's in the hoodie, but he's not in the heart, hoodie's not gonna protect me, you know? Y'all can stand. We gotta get those Friday people into Sunday because they think this is a show and they can worship all day, but until they devote their lives to Jesus, it's just a show. And so we want, we want to show those people that dedication matters to Sunday. Dedication matters every day in this walk. We can feel good and praise his name on a worship night, but if we're not defending the throne and asking God to walk with us in everything we do and living for him seven days a week, our gates are sitting open for stuff to come in. Above all else, guard your heart. That's where he reigns. The Bible talks about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Guess where it lives? In your heart. It's not this place floating on a cloud because the kingdom here on earth, as it is in heaven, happens here. When we open that thing and Jesus is there, it's going to just flood that living water through those pipes, through those gutters, and send the devil back to where he came from. I got God guarding my heart. Let's pray. God, we're thankful today. We're thankful that we have a word that is persecuted and people are arrested across this world to carry, let alone speak. But we speak it boldly, God, and we declare right now that this sign going up is your commission of this church to impact lives on another level, that this word may be reached to people who no longer would even know, but now you're providing us practical means to reach the world. And it starts with this sign tomorrow. I declare and bless this sign tomorrow that this sign is going to be seen by thousands of people starting next week. And I declare right now that they're going to go find this church and they're going to look it up online. And this is not going to be something that they're impressed by, but something they're touched by. And they're going to go listen to this word and they go, that guy's crazy, but I thought he was nuts and he really meant what he said. And now I'm feeling what he said because it was truth and truth can't be hidden underneath a bushel. It's got to be lit up by the commission of the gospel, the body, the whole body. We light him up. We light up Jesus. We let it be seen. We let it be shown. And I'm going to be, we're going to be seeing people touched, Lord. God, they're going to be touched. They're going to come through those doors. And I believe it. And I call it right now. And everybody say in Jesus' name, amen.